0: Welcome to today's TLC. Whether you found this podcast on my website, through the emails I send, or simply from a friend, I'm glad that you've decided to add some TLC today. Friends, have you ever had to call 911 for your child? I had to yesterday. For the first time in parenting for 10 years, I had a whole team of paramedics rush my house. So earlier yesterday, my six-year-old boy came home from school and said, Mom, my head kind of hurts and my neck is hot. I just don't feel good. And I took his temperature and it was 100.7. Not even quite a fever, just a little raised temperature. But he had worn a long sleeve shirt and then a sweater on top and I just thought he had overdone it a little. So I took off his sweater, had him sit down and read some books and take a little rest. I walk out of the room to grab something and I come back and he's passed out asleep on the couch, which I'm like, well, maybe he didn't get a good night's sleep the night before. No big deal. After about an hour, I felt like "Mm, I should probably wake him up because I thought, you know, let's make sure he doesn't oversleep and not want to go to bed tonight. So I said his name and said, hey, it's time to wake up. And he started moving a little bit. And then I walked over to feel his forehead and he was on fire, burning to the touch. I quickly grabbed the thermometer and read his temperature, and he was 104.3. So I got a little nervous and said, Hey, buddy, it's time to wake up. And as he started waking up, he went into convulsions. His body flopped into my arms and he started shaking. Back and forth. His eyes rolled into his head. And as I was trying to wake him up and yelled for my husband, he just was speaking gibberish and totally not himself. I really thought he was having a seizure. My husband comes running in and says, Call 911. And that moment, as a mother, when your husband looks at you and he says, Call 911, hits you like a train. Gratefully, I was able to pick up my phone, call 911, and tell them what was happening as my husband tried to calm my child and get him to respond. Finally, after a few minutes, he stopped shaking and relaxed. He was still loopy, but he seemed to be pulling out of it. In that moment, I hear sirens, and a big fire truck pulls up with a paramedic truck close behind. Seven grown men come rushing into my home to help with this emergency. At this point, my son is starting to have a full conversation. He's pulling out of sleep, and his body isn't doing what it was before. His temperature has gone down to 103, and he's a little bit more stable. The two main paramedics take all of his vitals and tell the rest of the guys they can go. Paramedic one says... This was not a seizure. He had a really high temperature. He probably has the flu and he just had a hard time waking up. My wife works at the main hospital around here and there's been a lot of the flu lately. So that's probably just what this is. And honestly, in that moment, I had two feelings. First, I had the urge to say, are you sure? Because that was really scary and was definitely not normal. And then on the other side of it, I felt a little sheepish. Like, I had just called 911, and I had all of these people in my home to help me with an emergency that was done by the time that they got there. But I didn't really say either of these things. I just kind of looked at that first paramedic. Well, the second paramedic could see that conflicted state in me, and he very kindly and thoughtfully jumps in and says, But I know that it was scary for you that this happened to your kid, and it's totally fine that you called 911 it was very sweet of him to try and reassure me in that moment. And I thought to myself, oh, he's trying to make me feel better. And guess what? It worked a little. I was grateful for him validating me there and showing me kindness. And I was grateful that I didn't freak out in that moment where my child seemed to have been having a seizure. And as I've reflected on this happening yesterday, a couple of things stand out to me. First, In that tangible, overwhelming moment of fear and worry as a mother that my son was not okay, I felt myself grasping outside of me. I wanted my husband to come and see if he thought it was going to be okay and that I didn't have to do this alone. I was desperately wanting my son to wake up and talk to me like he was his normal self. And I was looking at this professional, this paramedic to calm my fears and apparently to validate me so that I would feel okay in that moment. All of these actions that I took were because I wanted to feel relief. Relief from the worry, from the fear, from feeling sheepish, from the pain of that intense emotion. And I was grateful in that moment for the support that I did receive. But what about those times in our lives where we are feeling that pain and those negative hard emotions and we don't get the support that we want from those around us. What do we do in those hard moments? That space is where we find out if we are emotional adults. Here's what I mean. First, let's think back to when we're a toddler or think about a toddler that you know right now. When a toddler is scared, what do they do? they look for a grown-up to reassure them. You can just see a toddler's face when a dog comes up and they're worried because they've never seen this big of a dog before. They look at their parents with that furrowed brow as if to say, is it safe? And the parent gives that knowing nod to reassure them and the child relaxes because the parent said that they're gonna be okay. As a toddler, when we are young, this is a healthy dependence because that toddler doesn't have the capacity to understand the world and to regulate how they're feeling. Their brain literally is not capable of that yet. But there's a point in your life where a healthy emotional person will shift away from needing a parent or someone outside of themselves to give them that security and that knowledge of what's safe and what's not safe. And instead, they'll find it within themselves. Here's a couple examples for you. Let's say that you have a friend who says something that feels inconsiderate to you. If you are still in emotional childhood, you could interpret that as, I'm not lovable because they said this thing to me. And then you want to judge them and you want to text them a lot and try and figure out how to solve it or worry that you were going to say something wrong. And you need them to change their opinion or what they did for you to feel lovable again, or for you to feel reassured that your relationship with them is going to be okay. Can you feel that needy energy that pull to the other person to solve the problem? That's emotional childhood. An emotional adult in this situation would first honor how they feel about what's going on, because they know that they need to take care of their own feelings. And then they might get curious about the truth. Was what this friend said true? Is there something that maybe we could learn from here? And then they'd find a loving way to invite connection to themselves and that friend. They could say sorry for something that they may have done wrong. Or they could share how they were affected by what the friend did. They might even ask God's guidance of what else they might need to learn here. See how that is going inward to find that guidance and that peace, that's emotional adulthood. Here's another example. Let's say we get negative feedback from someone at work. Someone in emotional childhood would take it personally and start beating themselves up for doing it wrong. Or maybe they'd get defensive and blame the other person because they're the ones who are so critical all the time. Or maybe they'll get really worried that they'll be fired and spin in that worry, overwhelm, blame, shame until their boss or colleague comes back and resolves the situation so they can feel better. See the dependency? An emotional adult would again honor that feeling, get curious about what is theirs, and then communicate openly without needing the other person to respond in a certain way for them to be okay. Or let's take my situation with calling 911. Part of me was in emotional childhood where I wanted to freak out and have everything be fixed so that I could feel better. My brain was pulling towards the worst case scenario and wanting to just spin out. And as I felt myself pulled that direction, I also heard my inner voice say, it's not going to help to be worried. Find help and stay centered. I didn't stop feeling the intensity of the situation and I did still get help. And there was a piece of me that was still a little in emotional childhood, but I was grateful in the end that I hadn't had a panic attack. Emotional childhood is when we want the world to be responsible for how we feel and this leads us to try and make the world change so that we can feel better. Emotional adulthood on the other hand means that you take responsibility for your own feelings and you're not expecting or demanding other people to fix things for you and the truth is other people can't fix your feelings. Your feelings come from your thoughts and you get to choose what to think. You are responsible for yourself. No one can make you feel something because it all starts inside you. And this is great news because when you show up as an emotional adult, it is so much more empowering. You know how deflating it feels for you to think that someone else needs to change for you to feel better? You know how unstable it feels when you're in an emergency situation and you don't know how to regulate your own feelings and be responsible for yourself? That's chaos. Owning your own feelings means that you get to own your own experience, and that is true stability, even in hard situations. Because the truth is, my friend, the worst thing that could ever happen to you is a feeling. Those fears that you think, "Eh, please don't ever let this happen to me. Don't ever let my child be abused. Don't ever let my husband die. Don't ever make me live a life alone. You know why you don't want those things? Because you don't want the feelings that are attached to them. That's why we are afraid. But if you practice being an emotional adult, you don't have to live in fear of those things because you trust that you'll be able to handle whatever feelings come with whatever life brings you. And that gives more space for hope and faith and trust in whatever plan God has for your life. Instead of fear and worry and neediness, being an emotional adult means that you can weather any feeling. What it doesn't mean is that your negative feelings will be erased. You will still feel. You'll just know that you're responsible for creating those feelings And it's your responsibility to take care of yourself while you're feeling them. When you believe the world is responsible for your feelings, you spend a whole lot of effort trying to change the world. But my friend, it's not possible. And even if the other people in the world do choose to change, you are still in charge of your feelings. So instead of putting all that effort into them, put your effort into you. When you're responsible for you, you can create waves of positive change in your life no matter what feelings come and go. Imagine how this would affect your relationships if you owned your feelings and the other person in the relationship owned their feelings and instead of trying to change each other so we could be okay... We worked on ourselves and invited and requested the other person to share in the peace and the strength and even the joy along the way. I believe that this world would be a lot better place if we would practice being emotional adults. So I want you to do a quick check in today. And my friend, be compassionate with yourself as you do this reflection, because the goal is not to be a robot and never slip into emotional childhood. The goal is to recognize the truth that you are in charge of your feelings and you don't need other people to change for you to be okay. And we're just going to practice remembering that. When our child is disobedient and we really want them to be obedient so that we can feel like a good mom, we practice remembering that we're in charge of how we feel about our mothering, not our children. Or we feel inconsidered by someone we love like our spouse or a close friend, and we want to sit and wallow, we remember that they don't need to show us love for us to be lovable. We can find that love in us and then invite them to connect and as we practice doing this with simple day-to-day things then When things get really intense, like having to call 911, worrying your child is having a seizure, we have a little bit more space to show up with a clear mind because we're not desperately grasping at all the things around us to make the hard feelings go away because our surroundings don't control our feelings. We do. Take some time to practice emotional adulthood today. We don't need to throw tantrums. We don't need other people to change for us to be okay. We don't need the reassurance of someone else to tell us if we're safe. We can learn to find that guidance within. And when we do slip into that emotional childhood, don't look outward. Look up. Because we still are children learning on this earthly experience and the all-powerful intensely emotional father of ours in heaven will guide us when we get stuck turn in and turn up let's practice today my friends you've got this life after therapy can be simple come learn how to think light feel light and live light at thelightcoach.com I offer five free discovery sessions each week and one of them is for you. Together, let's discover the joy that's possible in life after their